0: Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kids' tray? Is your definition of self-care getting to close the door when you pee? If the only chance that you get for exercise are the squats that you do to pick up your kids' Legos, well then take a seat, mama. You're in the right place. I'm Corinne Crosley, psychotherapist, self-care enthusiast, and seriously imperfect mom of two kiddos. This is Mama Bites. Well, hello, moms. Welcome to the Mama Bites podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. This episode with Marcy Evans talking about body image, especially in the postpartum era, but at any time in our lives, is one of my very favorites. I know I've said that a bunch of times, but um, Marcy is actually one of my very favorite people in the field. She's um, (laughs) a remarkable human being. even just remarkable at being herself. And um, i wish I wish everyone had a Marcy in their life. Um, not everyone does. So I hope that this episode gives you just a little a little twist of the Marcy flavor and and all of the ways that you can find her on social media. And um, if you enjoy this episode, uh, you can just use your search bar. In most of your podcast platforms, search Marcy Evans, and you're going to hear a ton of different podcasts on a ton of different subject areas. I, she's one of these people that I literally don't know how she knows all the stuff she knows. She's so smart, it's crazy, and um, I really think it takes a truly brilliant person to know super technical information and be able to help the layman or laywomen. <clears throat> understand it and and marcy definitely has that particular type of genius so before we take it away to the episode um, this is the last of the postpartum interviews for the postpartum book so um, please mamas please reach out to me and let me know who you want to hear from who you'd like to hear interviewed what you'd like to hear talked about and uh, i will do my best to fulfill those requests Um, let me know which direction you would enjoy the podcast uh taking even if it's some left or right hand turns that may or may not look like they fit but um self-care is all-encompassing so um as as you may have listened to we have hit many different beats that um, you might not have expected. You might have expected to tune in and hear just us talk about intuitive eating, and you would hear the postpartum sex interview or the pelvic floor interview. Um, but we are integrated beings, and every every last piece of us needs self-care. Okay. Uh, the little bit before this, I am coming with some bummer news. Um, so as, as is not unexpected, my book self-care for new moms has been shelved and is being pushed out. The publishing date is being pushed out from August 4th to, uh, May mother's day, 2021. This is not unexpected. Um, lots of publishing companies are doing this, uh, you know, this is, this is how it is for a little while. I'm still very excited about it. Um, and I do think this is absolutely the right decision um, that the publishing company made, but uh, still a bummer. And for all of those who have listened to all of the pre-sale, pre-sale, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would love to say that that's entirely over. We're going to get a nice long break for uh, from it for a while, and then um, that'll heat back up next spring. I hope you all are doing well and taking care. I hope you're healthy, and able to find those pockets of self care for yourselves. As I've been saying in the last uh, several episodes, I'm so honored that you've made this podcast. As part of your self-care and uh, I adore you mamas. I draw your strength. I hope you draw from mine and the experts that I've been able to talk with and been so lucky to have some of their time. If you need help, please, please make sure that you're reaching out to a therapist. It doesn't have to be me, but if you are looking for help, please visit the Mama Bites website. Visit my website, CorinneCrosley.com, and and we will connect you with some source of help and support. Okay, PSA is over, and uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode and know that you will. Thanks, mamas. Take care. Well, thank you, Marcy, for being on the Mama Bites podcast. This is very exciting. I've been after you for, um, or sort of been, not after you, but um, we've been trying to set this up for quite a while, and I'm so excited to have you on and to have your voice included in uh, the Self-Care for New Moms book. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you. So much, and thank you for your patience. I actually think that that was correct in what you said. <laughs> You've been <laughs> after me to be on. You know, we have tried for a very long time to make this conversation happen, and for a you know whole host of reasons, host of reasons. it's happening now. Right. And, um, and perhaps that's for the best because there's a lot of a lot of richness for us to cover today.
0: Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So. I just want to start right off at the beginning which is um, how much I love your title as a food and body image healer It actually reminds me a lot of um, how uh, Brene Brown talks about being a researcher and that um, but at some point they like tried to market her as a storyteller and she was like no 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 <laughs> And so I love this title as a as a food and body image healer can you tell? Um, me and my listeners, what this means and talk about how this evolved in your work as a dietitian.
1: Oh, I'm. you can't see me, but I'm beaming and I have this big smile on my face. You are the first person to ever ask me that question. What? And yeah, <laughs> nobody's asked me that question. And it has a bit of a funny story. So this was, you know, I've had my business and my practice open since the end of, um, gosh, was it, I think 2008. Wow. And um, it was probably five years ago, maybe, I think maybe five years ago, four years ago, um, that I needed to get a new nameplate for my office door. Oh. And I went over to Staples and was, you know, explaining how my name was spelled and, you know, my credentials. And the, the guy said, well, there's another line here. Is there anything you want on the bottom? <laughs> and I said, no. And then I said, well, hold on a minute. And then I thought, I could add a little something of what I feel like, you know, the credentials are one thing, but it doesn't really mean anything to clients, I yeah. don't think. It's yeah. sort of, you know, it's a little bit silly yeah. um, to have all these letters next to our name. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well... I just very quickly, it was literally on the spot. Mm -hmm. It came to me as I thought, well, what I really feel that I I hope I embody is is to be a food and body image healer. And so it just popped into my head and I wrote down, I typed into the computer, food and body image healer. And I was so excited and I was like, that's really fun. That's really, that feels really sweet. That feels really sort of for me on the nose. And I love that I can have that a sort of a signal Mm -hmm. to my clients as they come in and other people who come in into the suite can, you know, can see that. Mm -hmm. And that really communicates to me um, the compassion and sort of the intention of the work, the -hmm. work that we do and the work Mm -hmm. that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really the, that's the origin story of that. And then I ended up doing kind of a rebranding and I was like, I, that's what I want kind of my, my business tagline to be. Mm. That's what I want to be shown, you know, on my website and on our business cards. And that's really what, what I want kind of the foundation of our messaging to be. And it was so funny actually, because I was in the works of kind of getting it all developed with this kind of web team and all of that. And, um, I ended up showing the preliminary stuff to a client because she works in marketing and she actually responded back with how much she didn't
0: like it (laughs) you you know that happens right
1: yeah I I mean she had a whole list of reasons why and and everything was already basically in the very final stages and I was very committed and I said I love that you can use your voice and I'm so interested in what doesn't resonate for you and I'm sticking with it yeah (laughs) yes yes Really interesting to kind of hear her perspective on what what maybe she felt like
2: um,
1: doesn't work so much. But you know, she works in the news industry, so she certainly has she certainly has very valid opinions. But sure. it's something that's always really resonated for me. So yeah. I'd love to know. I'm, I'm curious, sort of, what made you ask the
2: question?
0: I just had never seen anything like it before, and um, you know, I've um, you know, we've sort of like ran in the same circles for. Oh my goodness! Like a oh, decade now, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, years before, you know, like shaking your hand, I kind of like knew your name, and I had heard you speak, and just um, really seeing base like your knowledge base that you're just. I don't know. This sounds like a little bit much, but like I just experienced you as so smart and. So, um, thoughtful and, and sharp, um, sharp in terms of like clever, um, never and never sharp in terms of personality. Um, and so to come into your suite and to see this authentic and compassionate, but also, maybe a little squishy, right? Like maybe not exact, you know, um, term and, and just so like, I can't wait to ask her about how this evolved and, and how this happened. And so, um, it just really, really struck me and I couldn't, and I, of course, you know, uh, bias, I'm always fascinated in people's stories and always think there's a story behind something. And there it is, a a complete story of intuition, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that with me. That means a lot to me on a, on a number of levels. I want to cherish, cherish what you said. And, you know, one of the things that I really can thought about and continue to think about all the time is um, all of the different ways that we communicate Mm -hmm. and what is communicated particularly to my clients if they visit my website or what is communicated to an audience if they listen to me on a podcast or what is communicated to someone who comes into our suite which can be very a very sort of intimidating, anxiety-provoking experience, and how do we communicate, I think, softness and kindness and openness and non-judgment and compassion, and those are all elements of what I hope is communicated in that that term, Um, and, you know, one of the things that I sometimes a little bit worry about is, you know, in my work, I like to think very much of being in partnership with Mm -hmm. anybody that I'm working with, that there isn't Um, something that feels like a hierarchy. It's not that, you know, I might um, do my best to have a really strong knowledge base.
2: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: I work very hard to be aware of the research and to be informed on the science of what I do and to um, really be a a learner and a student all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so I have a set of, you know, skills that I work on developing. And at the same time, I believe that my clients have so much wisdom Mm -hmm. And they have tremendous knowledge and resources and skills as well. And so sometimes I think about that sort of healer word and I think, oh, I don't want there to be a connotation of, you know, I'm here to fix you. To me, Mm -hmm. the term healing, which is really at the center of so much of what I think about with my clients and I think about my work, is that it's a fundamental part of my own belief system in this work that I believe in the process of healing, that we can always be in the evolution towards growth and healing that we don't ever have sort of like a final landing point where someone Mm -hmm. is, you know, fixed or better. Mm -hmm. That's just not the way that I approach the work. I think of it as all all of us always being in process
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: that we have the the capacity to, to move towards growth and healing. And that's, that's also a piece of what really, really resonates for me. I have, um, I've had in the past, I won't say very much about it before I got pregnant I had the idea of, of a podcast in mind. Um, mm. I've done nothing about it. When I found out I was pregnant, I put that idea away and mm. haven't taken it back out. But yet, you know, I had this idea of, you know, healing being a part of it because mm. I feel like it speaks to so much hopefulness in terms of our ability as humans,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, to, to grow and evolve and um, to be able to heal through the inevitable sort of pains and, and challenges of life.
0: Mm. So you might already be answering this question, it might not even be that different, but from your perspective, what do you feel like healing one's body image entails?
1: I've really been um, thinking about this a lot, actually, so one of the things that I'll share with your listeners is that um, over the past, really, three and a half years, I've been really intensely putting my energy towards body image. Mm. I really had been feeling like while there had been some really wonderful and important contributions that other practitioners and, and researchers had given in the field of body image, it felt like there was this major chasm mm. where so many people weren't weren't feeling perhaps able to talk about body image. Mm. I think practitioners in general, we often feel um, – a lack of knowing how to help someone in their body image pain. And I really have felt very strong about bringing that conversation um, forward. Mm. And um, as I kind of dug in and spent a considerable amount of time, you know, developing workshops and and spending time reading the research, the word that kept coming back to me around body image for me was, was healing again. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we, we often see, particularly on social media, this concept of um, positive body image
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and um, body positivity. And that, for some people, really works
2: mm-hmm. and I think
1: has been very inspiring. And, you know, there has been imagery available now on social media that we didn't have before that has helped us expand our idea of what it's like to embody joy um, and pleasure in a variety of body sizes. I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, having spoken with a lot of people, that feeling positively towards one's body often feels so far out of reach Mm -hmm. um, that it can feel really discouraging. Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with a client who said to me, when I hear that term, I shut down. And I Mm -hmm. think to myself, if you think that I can feel positively towards my body, then you don't really understand right. my experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and that really stayed with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm someone who, and I think I was saying this before, I try to um, be really mindful of words and language and try to respect the fact that the words we use is going to have different meanings mm-hmm. um, to different people. Mm-hmm. And just as you're very curious about story and narrative as I am, I am also very curious about language Mm -hmm. and what that evokes inside of my clients. And um, so what I tend to talk about is body image healing. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: that process to me can, of course, mean lots of different things to different people. Mm
2: -hmm. But when
1: I'm talking about um, doing some body image work with my clients or when I'm training other clinicians, one of the things that I, I think about is how each of us has a body story or a body narrative mm-hmm. that's informed by our own life experiences, that's informed by the different identities that we hold, um, that is informed by our family dynamics and by the larger culture,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that all creates our own unique body image story that we hold inside of ourselves, and Mm -hmm. that story is a big part of how we experience our body image. Mm. And um, as we begin, it's my belief to, um, and sometimes with a lot of help, professional help, um, to take a look at that body image story. It gives us the capacity um, for moments of introducing um, kindness Mm. and compassion Mm -hmm. And self-understanding and even just having a witness to what your experience is Mm -hmm. and how that can be such a critical part of the healing process. Even Mm -hmm. just acknowledging, wow, my body has been through a lot. It holds a lot Mm -hmm. and does a lot. And even just acknowledging that can be a part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I, I often think about is, this idea of body image as something that we have a relationship with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm. And I think that that can be a really interesting way to, to kind of negotiate the experience that we have of, of having a body.
2: Huh. Um,
1: and I, I think that when we think about having a relationship with our body image, it also opens the door um, for healing to happen. So when I'm working with my clients on body image, which is typically negative body image, For me personally, the end goal isn't necessarily to get them to a positive body image, right? It's Mm -hmm. not as if we have this end goal of always feeling positively about yourself. It's about being able to, I think, renegotiate the relationship so Mm -hmm. that it feels less fraught,
2: Mm -hmm. so
1: that it feels less front and center, Mm -hmm. so that it feels less consuming, so maybe there is a little bit more ease. Because the way that I conceptualize this relationship is, and I often give this example, is that when we go into – our own therapy, um, we don't have the goal of if we do therapy right, we're only going to feel happy feelings. <laughs> yeah. Right? I hope not. It's like, <laughs> right? We're going to have all of the feelings and we're going to be gathering tools so that when we're going through the hard times, we're able to do so um, in a way that feels supportive of ourselves. Mm. And I, I feel that way about our bodies is mm. that mm-hmm. hopefully there are days in which we feel more positive. Perhaps there are days where we feel sort of neutral, and we're going to also have moments where we feel perhaps really negatively about our bodies, mm-hmm. and how do we cultivate a relationship um, that allows us to move through those moments with a little bit less pain
2: mm-hmm. and a
1: little bit more sort of self-compassion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So those are the ways, I and mean, it sort of kind of was a li- little long-winded there, but I, okay. I think about healing as sort of intersecting with um with body image.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I really appreciate that kind of that extra layer or, or, you know, piece that you're thinking about in terms of the relationship, not, not just with your body, but with your body image, which is so Mm -hmm. interesting to think about and sort of like even changing the way I'm thinking of it. And, um, thinking about that, especially in terms of, um, you know, in terms of working with moms and, um, you know, you, you also referenced uh, when, when you were sort of defining that and, and talking about sort of stand, you know, clients standing back and even if they're not sur- super happy with their body, really kind of, as you said, witnessing and saying like, oh, wow, my body's actually been through quite a bit and my body image has been through quite a bit, you know, that those are wow. actually separate, but together important things. And so I guess I wonder, um, are there any things that stand out for you about this process in terms of recovery work for people who are parents or especially um, for moms who are listening versus who aren't?
1: Oh, yeah, I think I think that this is such a such a thoughtful question and it's something that I I've thought a lot about in, in my work and then thought, you know, even more about as I went through my own experience of being pregnant and, and having a body.
2: Mm -hmm. And,
1: you know, I think about going through the experience of becoming a parent is, is just additional opportunity for us, (laughs) for us to have experiences. And, you know, I can talk a little bit about, you know, about my experience, Mm -hmm. but what is often I think a central theme that's very, very challenging for becoming a parent are ways in which we can feel really out of control mm. <laughs> and and how when we bring a little being into the world, you know, we're doing our very best to love and protect and, and take care of this, this little being. And yet they are their own little person. Mm -hmm. And these ways that we can feel really wildly out of control. I think for women, we often feel very out of control of our bodies when we are pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, you know, labor and delivery process can feel really outside of our control. Mm -hmm. And that, I think is a theme that continues through becoming a parent, realizing mm-hmm. as you're. I think your child, even I'm not there yet, but as a child gets older and develops a, a greater sense of self and independence and autonomy, which we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this feeling of oh my goodness, like this is a child who is their own person. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
1: and I think about that as being so central and so thematic, specifically the body image. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I noticed and have observed and have worked with so many clients on is how that's a really central theme that gets channeled into wanting to control and manage one's own body.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the way
1: that I, I think about body image, I mean this 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 conversation can feel a little bit maybe complex kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways that I think about body image is that it becomes this very handy Container mm-hmm. to hold mm-hmm. all of the more kind of deeper, complicated feelings that get tucked away inside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it happens usually in a very unconscious way.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we might find ourselves feeling. Um, more preoccupied with, um, you know, what we're eating or what our stomach now looks like mm-hmm. or
2: um,
1: how much I have or haven't exercised this week or, you know, my lunch ended up being like the scraps of the my, my kids' lunch that mm-hmm. they didn't finish, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how that can take on a life of its own and can be a little bit of a conduit to try to work out these more sort of complicated feelings like feeling out of control, mm-hmm attempt to be managed by trying to control our bodies and so that's sort of I think one of many ways where we might see some particular things coming up related to body image work and and becoming a parent
0: wow that's so beautifully said I'm a little bit speechless thank you wow that is um, so powerful how how do you feel in particular? I mean, I feel like you answered this a little bit, but if you if you want to say more about um, how this how your experience of this work in particular changed since becoming a mom, is it is it you know sort of just like that more visceral awareness of kind of that this child is is his or her own person, or have there been sort of other elements that that have felt a little bit different? To you since becoming a mom?
1: Oh, that's such an interesting, you know, question. I think that um, you actually captured it really well, that there is this, I think this element of things that I had heard or maybe intellectually understood, having mm-hmm. had lots of conversations with, with people, but there's something about having one's own lived experience where it, it becomes it does become visceral. It does become embodied. It mm-hmm. becomes felt mm-hmm. and understood mm-hmm. in a different way where mm-hmm. it's moving. It's not just sort of in a cognitive kind of intellectualized kind of understanding. It's mm-hmm. in a lived sort of way, mm-hmm. which I'm not even sure it would be interesting maybe to ask my clients. I'm not even sure how much that's fundamentally changed um, what it's like for my clients as we do the work yeah. together, but it's sort of like... Um, a felt sense within me. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I, I will share is that I ended up having a very different kind of, um, pregnancy and delivery and maternity leave than I expected to have. Mm. I ended up suddenly becoming very sick, um, Mm. when I was 33 weeks pregnant Mm. and ended up delivering my son prematurely. Mm. And he ended up needing to stay in the hospital for quite some time mm-hmm. and I ended up having an, an extended maternity leave mm-hmm. and it was it was a very challenging time mm-hmm. and um, you know roll rode the roller coaster mm-hmm. and um, you know one of the things you know not to be too Pollyanna about it mm-hmm. but one of the things that I have learned in my life is that I've, I've kind of had a couple of really big hard things that I've I've live through Mm -hmm. and the net benefit I feel is that those hard scary things have almost like softened my edges
2: Mm -hmm.
1: even more Mm -hmm. where you're just sort of in your humanity Mm -hmm. and that leaves you I think open to connect to even more compassion Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and more kindness Mm -hmm. and sort of less quick to, you know, skip ahead to judgment, not mm-hmm. to say I'm this way all of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly mm-hmm. am very, very, very human. Mm-hmm. Um, you could ask my husband, very human, <laughs> um, very imperfect. Mm-hmm. But there is something uh, for me, I feel coming back to work where there's almost um, a greater access Mm-hmm. to that sort of softness. There's something to me so beautiful in the concept of self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we think of one of the principles of self-compassion is connecting to that kind of common humanity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that has always been such a healing principle for me that, you know, kind of the deal of being humans here is that that most of us, likely all of us, will face really, really tough, traumatic, hard things. And, mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's something almost relieving in knowing that um, that's, a, that's a universal thing, even mm-hmm. though those, you know, the circumstances will look really different, but like, yep. that's kind of the part of being here as humans. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that for me has always been a very sort of relieving, comforting idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. so that for me has sort of, I think, continued to shift Inside of me, mm.
0: um,
1: as I've done the work, I'm not. I'm not sure that was exactly your question, but that's at least what comes to mind.
0: It it was exactly my question. It's it's mm-hmm. actually interesting because um, the way you answered it was um, so beautiful and wonderful. And actually, it it kind of, as I was asking, I was sort of thinking, um, of how I might answer the question myself. And 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 because as you were saying, is I don't know. Um, that my clients experience it differently which and i love how you were even curious to ask them um but i was thinking yeah i don't know that my message has changed since becoming a parent but i find myself saying a lot more often i'm with you (laughs) i hear you from a really authentic place like really authentic place for sure for sure like i i hear and feel you know what you're saying in terms of you know your fear about your child's body or, yeah. um, yeah. the, the want to look a certain way for your child or, or worry about how your body is going to affect their body. image all of that, you know, just sort of like, whereas I had studied that and, and I don't know that the message that I'm going to give my client is any different, but exactly. having felt that in a different way, like, Oh, okay. You know, just yeah. again, that sort of felt softness of sitting with someone who, who's struggling with that. Totally. Totally. So so you totally. That's
1: exactly right.
0: So, um, some moms, I think, listening, might be interested in in seeing a dietitian or nutritionist for support in in healing their relationship with food and body. And not all of them can make it um, (laughs) into Cambridge. Uh, (laughs) Even though um, you're completely fabulous and I. I'm often sending people, but you're so fabulous, you're often full, which is great. That's a good thing. Um, what do you feel like are some of the most important elements um, people need to look for in a dietitian? Kind of like an abrupt left turn, but it's just yeah, in terms of okay. like, you know, really helping people find good help because there's a variety of help out there, right? <laughs> there's
1: a wide variety of help. So you asked me, so I'll give you my opinion. Okay, and that's and, all. <laughs> and I will, you know, yeah. speak to the listeners and say, um, I often give the caveat of you you can take my opinion with a with a grain of salt and listen to your own inner wisdom around mm. um, what you feel like is best for you. Um, and um, it can be very confusing and very overwhelming. Mm. And one of the things, so I think that well-trained dietitians can be incredible um, resources. Mm -hmm. And um, our initial training as dietitians is very limited in that we are trained from a very medicalized model. Mm -hmm. We're trained in a very prescriptive model of sort of telling
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. sort
1: of giving, you know, giving answers, telling people what to do. which saddens me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it takes a lot of additional training for a dietitian to work a little bit more as a counselor Mm -hmm. and um, to work in a way that is going to be, certainly they can guide you and provide information, but work with you in more of a partnership sort of way, which I believe is far more effective. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of my recommendations, this might sound a little funny is that even if you don't have an eating disorder at all, you don't identify with having an eating disorder, you're just sort of saying, "Gosh, maybe my relationship with food doesn't feel as positive as I would like it to," or maybe I've done a lot of diets, or I sort of think about food more than I want to, or I, mm-hmm. you know, feel really negatively toward my body, and I don't want to pass that down to my child. Mm-hmm. It's often a big motivator For sure. is to seek out a dietitian who specializes in eating disorders
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because most dietitians who specialize in eating disorders have a lot of additional training in counseling mm-hmm. and they will be far more skilled typically in being able to really work with you um, in tandem as a partnership.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think to be a little bit more um, psychologically minded, mm-hmm. which means that they're going to be able to integrate Um, some of the really practical things like making plans for dinner, sort of thinking through how much fuel your body needs.
2: Mm -hmm. But they're
1: also going to be able to integrate in a more thoughtful way um, what happens in your own mind Mm -hmm. and how that interfaces with your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so it it will likely be a little bit more complete Mm
2: -hmm. in being
1: able to understand your process, which means you're going to brainstorm together more effectively and come up with, ideas and goals that Mm. are hopefully going to be, um, in the long run more helpful than just sort of, um, kind of drumming up a grocery list. There's Mm -hmm. room for a grocery list. We want that to be a part of sort of more of a complete picture.
2: Mm.
1: So, um, that is one suggestion that I would strongly recommend. I think also seeing if you can find, um, someone who has additional training in intuitive eating. So mm-hmm. if you go on the intuitive eating website, um, you can actually search for intuitive eating counselors. And those counselors will also, that's sort of a demonstration that they also have additional training um, that will be, I think, in line with someone who's looking for improving not just what they're eating, but the quality of the relationship. To how they feel about food and how they feel about their body, because those are, those are different things. For sure. um, you know, one of the things that I also think is important um, is to try to approach this process with, um, even if you feel like you desperately want to lose weight, or you really want your body to look differently, because um, that's the goal that a lot of people have, mm-hmm. is that if that's sort of the front of the agenda, sort of the number one goal, um, that can unintentionally get in the way of healing that relationship. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: so seeing if you can find someone who can support you in saying, you know, I understand that feels really important for you right now. Would you be open to setting that primary goal to the periphery? And can we focus on the relationship piece? Mm. Um, and so some clinicians are open to that and some clinicians aren't open to that. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is really that healing that food and body relationship, you're going to want a practitioner who really is, is able to understand and talk with you about what feels so badly about your body. Mm-hmm. It's not that we want to leave that out of the conversation, but the weight loss agenda or the weight change agenda can't be the driver of the bus. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that, that that those pieces are are sort of synced up between you and your provider.
0: Mm. Beautifully said. So those are,
1: I mean, I could keep talking. But For sure, <laughs> I think really long- it be really long-winded, so I'll leave it there.
0: That's great. That's that's completely wonderful, and and it, um, I think that really speaks to the experience of just even just as a as a therapist, hearing you talk about your work. Um, you know, you can hear how much the the counseling piece is is all the difference and how much counseling you're actually doing with your clients. Um thank goodness it's so fabulous. Um uh,
1: <laughs> I'm I'm really grateful though that I've I've um have so much support though from colleagues like you because you would be amazed to know I supervise a lot of dietitians and uh-huh. a lot often therapists will sort of feel a little antsy or perhaps even a little worried or maybe a little territorial Teritorial, if the dietician yeah, yeah. uses a little bit more of a counseling style.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I have a wide network of incredible uh, therapists that I collaborate with that understand that that synergy between what I do and what you do um, is actually to the benefit of everybody. Right, um, That there isn't sort of this, this really sharp difference between um, what the therapist is doing and what the dietitian is doing, where they're sort of on different planets, right? Um, so it's just always really nice to to hear that kind of a response. That is actually typically the response here in the Boston area, but mm. I supervise a lot of dietitians mm-hmm. in other areas where where then we have to work with um, unhappy therapists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so a lot of us are insecure. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I said A lot of us are insecure
0: anyway. It's understandable. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, the other thing I think is, or something that I say a lot with my clients that's, um, stolen from other wonderful providers that I've worked with is that most of therapy is not what happens inside the office. And so this idea Mm -hmm. that you should be, you know, in a, in a doing a different piece of the work in a different lane, you know, like what is the harm of, of getting this message across every, uh, provider's perspective, you know, I mean, that's a really wonderful, beautiful thing, uh, to bring together, like just, okay, let's, let's go through the litany of the meal plan, you know, um, in some ways I think that could really, um, exacerbate the, um, the, the disembodiment, the disconnection, right? Like here's your food, here's how you think about, you know, like what office am I in? So, Yeah. yeah. Thank That's goodness. exactly right. Awesome. So. Um, we, could, we could go off on a whole tangent. We
1: could. <laughs> yes. um, say amen and hallelujah. Yeah. You right. have
0: no idea how much self-control I am <laughs> displaying right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm practicing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, what what type of self-care is most important to you right now, Marcy? Uh, pr-
1: always number one on my list. Always, always, always is sleep. Mm. I um, am someone who must prioritize sleep. Mm. I have actually never been a person who can function on low levels of sleep. Mm. So that is always absolutely first and foremost.
2: Mm.
1: Um, The other piece that has been really important self-care for me, which has been very difficult, Mm. is having um, real boundaries when I am home Mm -hmm. to not be multitasking as much as I can Mm -hmm. um, working and mothering. Mm -hmm. So, of course, when my son goes down for a nap, I'm scrambling to do the dishes and clean up and answer a few emails. And after he goes to bed, I'm you know, grading papers for the course I'm teaching, oh like, of God. course there is that, <laughs> oh like that's, God. that's, uh, that is a non-negotiable for me. Like that is my life and my reality. But sure. what I'm really striving for is that when I am home on the weekends or I'm home with my son Mondays and Fridays mm. and it's time with him, mm. I am trying my darndest to be present and to not be trying to do both things at the same time, because then I end up doing both things really poorly. Yeah. Um, so it's my self care is a lot of actually putting my phone down
2: Mm. and I have
1: to remind myself over and over and over again, I'll catch myself and I'll say, okay, phone is going down,
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: phone is going down. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I mentioned this to you in an email exchange we had is one of the difficult things is. My inbox has never been such a nightmare, yeah. and it really stresses me out. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little OCD about wanting to have no emails in my inbox. Oh, my and I'm, staring, I'm staring right now, and there are 87. And it's like, at this least, is a whole new, yeah. This is a whole new Marcy where I just am trying to live with what feels like sort of inbox chaos. And it's really, I I feel like I'm really renegotiating something um, that's very hard for me. But I I know that it is more important for me to be as present as I can. And, um, and that certain things, certain balls have been dropped, certain things have been delayed, I've had to reschedule things. I don't love that. Mm -hmm. I don't. And it it is also, I think, just reality. And so Mm -hmm. that's been a really, really, really important part of taking care of myself because I'm not someone who likes to feel frantic Mm
2: -hmm. and I'm
1: not someone who likes to feel exhausted. And so, yeah, I'm going to, you know, instead of, you know, cramming through 10 more emails, like, I'm actually going to make dinner yeah. and I'm going to be not so thrilled about the inbox in, you know, the inbox, but like, I really want to make dinner.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, and so that feels like massive self-care right
0: now. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so wonderful. That's so great. I'm so, you know, I don't know how this is to hear, but I'm really proud of you. That sounds really difficult. And it's it made me think of, um, it sounds like, you just need to deal with a good enough inbox, right? Like good enough parenting. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's really what it feels like. And I try my best to make sure I have responded to the things that are really important
2: mm-hmm. and
1: not get, you know, mired in the things that are really not important, which is so hard to do yeah. with our phones. I think it's yeah. so hard to do. Yeah. Um, so it is a constant work for me, but I know that I feel better because it, it, it keeps me from actually feeling less frantic in a way it keeps me from feeling less overwhelmed that I can set it to the side and say I know deep down it's not that important I can set this to the side and I can be here and sit on the ground and play with the train
0: yeah (laughs) you know like that is actually more important to me it is yeah absolutely this might even be um the answer to this next question too but um so I'm a Uh, what has been the the question for the postpartum series for the book has been um you know if you could meet yourself sometime in your postpartum year um what comfort advice comfort or advice would you want to offer yourself so you've you've just finished your postpartum year which i consider like you're still doing it you know i mean i don't know how you feel about that
1: <laughs> yeah current knows i finished my postpartum year technically on sunday
0: yes which was,
1: as we're recording was you know two and a half days ago <laughs> yes
0: yes and so i i think everybody gets to decide when their postpartum year is over some people are like i was done at 11 months and some people are like no 18 months i still feel like i'm doing it yeah. um but so based on your experience of your postpartum year, what advice or comfort would you maybe want to offer other moms during this time?
1: Hmm. You know, it's interesting because my experience was not typical mm-hmm. um, and there were so many difficult moments and, you know, so many unknowns, um, you know, and it's certainly a a piece of my thought when I responded to your question earlier and sort of talked about, you know, out of control, Mm. um, you know, part of that is certainly informed by own, by my own, um, postpartum year, Mm. which, um, moments felt they were, were, I didn't feel, they were just feel out of control. They absolutely were out of, out of my control. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that ended up being the, one of the most important and helpful tools that I practice, um, and it's always a practice,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that is, I think, a bit of a gift from the work that I do and the training. Um, a lot of times clients don't realize how much we, as practitioners, grow and how much we value from all the training that we get Mm -hmm, (laughs) that we're humans too and Mm -hmm. that we practice all of the tools that we offer to our clients Mm -hmm. um and that is that was and continues to be
2: um
1: bringing myself to the present moment Mm -hmm. so there were moments where I would into the future and Mm -hmm. i could i'm very very good at playing the what if game Mm -hmm. and i'm really great at creating scary scenarios Mm -hmm. and um imagining things to worry about Mm -hmm. i really have that nailed down
2: (laughs) very skilled
0: (laughs) excellent
1: yeah and so um practicing saying to myself um be just right here mm. just right here right now
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yes it can feel really scary out into the future because we don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but right here right now is where your power is mm-hmm. um is it's just going to sound you know maybe even a little bit cheesy but for mm-hmm. me it was like i c- can i do this moment i can do just i can do this moment and that's all i actually mm-hmm. have to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, had to, and continue to practice that all of the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if it feels useful, I would, I would offer that up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you you know, you've probably talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, on a practical level, really caution, um, When you find yourself, particularly in online forums, (laughs) where you find yourself comparing, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: uh,
1: to give yourself permission to pull away.
0: Good. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So there was a very well-intentioned, and I think it's a lovely, supportive forum Mm -hmm for mothers who had premature babies
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I thought oh my gosh I need community Mm -hmm. I need community Mm -hmm. and I need to be with other people who are living and have lived this experience this is amazing Mm -hmm. and I joined the forum Mm -hmm. and immediately I I was able to notice how it was unhelpful to me Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: the it it fueled this sort of comparison Mm -hmm. and um I felt um, even more kind of upset. Mm-hmm. That probably was not the experience of other women. This was a lovely, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad place to be. Yeah. It was a lovely forum, Yeah. but for me, it didn't work. Yeah. And so I immediately removed myself yeah. and I said, this just doesn't work for me right now. This isn't what I need. Mm-hmm. And so to not try to force something that isn't working for you, that we because we don't really know what we're doing as parents, it's so reasonable to um, try to get support, and mm-hmm. that's so much of what this beautiful podcast is about, and I like, can't wait to read your book, um, <laughs> and so much of what you have created. And if you find yourself feeling mm-hmm. worse
2: mm-hmm.
1: as a part of any community, no matter how well-intentioned it is, to listen to your experience and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you can take a step back and you mm-hmm. can say, right now for me, this isn't working for me mm-hmm. and to really trust your own instinct. Because we feel um so desperate for support and answers and guidance yeah. sometimes I think we can stay in arenas or in conversations that actually don't end up really supporting us very well.
0: Ugh so beautifully said. I I mean, I think something that comes up over and over again in this podcast, even in the most unexpected places, which is funny because it started off as a podcast as supporting intuitive and mindful eating for moms. And then this book uh, happened or this book proposal (laughs) happened. And um, I ended up having to interview experts of every stripe from sleep specialists to massage therapists to dietitians and this comes back over and over and over which is listen to yourself listen to yourself yeah. if it's not working for you it's not working and it's okay tap it's okay. out tap out don't <laughs> yes. force it yeah. yes yes
1: yeah, I had another, that's so interesting that that has been such a dominant theme. I love it. Um, <laughs> I totally didn't expect I it. Like, I love it. I know I have like goosebumps right now. I remember right after I gave birth to my son, I found this podcast um, and it was about breastfeeding and I thought, you know, this could be really interesting and I ended up listening to this episode and for a variety of reasons that I won't get into, it was so harmful for me oh. and it was so so upsetting and actually mm. left me feeling, I don't use this term, I'm not trying to use it um, lightly, but I really felt kind of crazy, mm. um, during a time in which you were so vulnerable. Couldn't have been Oh vulnerable. my God, yeah, yeah, so yeah, vulnerable.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was really quite distraught um, mm. about what I had heard. And I was someone, a dietitian who's like, decently informed, yeah, and, you know, to yeah. think about what I would say to a client, but yeah. I was in a really vulnerable place. Yeah. And immediately I was like, I am deleting this.
2: Good.
1: I don't need this. Yeah. This is not helping me. I'm yes. not becoming more empowered. I don't feel more clear. I don't I don't feel more grounded. Mm. Um, and all of those things, like you said, like trust yourself, mm-hmm. like if support isn't allowing you to feel more grounded and clear, it is okay to leave it. I actually had a really negative experience with a lactation consultant at Boston mm-hmm. Children's. Ugh. And I was actually just, I was talking recently to a friend and I said, I feel so proud of myself because I knew her advice was not right for me and it wasn't right for my son. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. This yeah. is not. And I felt really proud of feeling clear enough to trust my own instinct about making, making a choice, you yes. know, and this was a very seasoned lactation consultant from Boston children, mm-hmm. you know, and you think, well, they know, yeah. you know, you know, you know, when you yeah. know, like trust that.
0: Yeah. Trust yeah. that instinct. Yeah. I love that. Oh, wow. That's so great. And thank you for sharing that. That's so powerful. That's the good. That's going to go right into the heart of so many moms, both uh, listening and, um, Reading that story. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help us surface a little bit as we come up. We've gone, uh, this has been such a a gift uh, to dive so deeply with you, Marcy. Thank you for this gift. Oh,
1: I know. I wish we had another hour. I do too. (laughs)
0: Isn't
1: (laughs) it amazing? Like these kind of conversations that we need to have, right? Like I can even feel like what a gift this is for me. Yeah. You know, that like these are the conversations that are so,
2: um,
1: we have these stories inside of us that need to be shared
0: yes, right yes i mean the the unexpected side effect as you know i i have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old now <laughs> <gasps> how yes. is that possible i know i know so i mean to just sort of to situate uh with listeners something that's very close to my heart marcy is that like Um, When I was pregnant with my seven-year-old, I was, like, a second pregnant when I got on that plane and shook your hand and met you for the first time. And so, like, my my memory of, like, being, like, barely pregnant with her is, like, you're in it a little bit. So. yes
1: this is just getting tucked right inside of my heart that's Uh, special
0: and it's so it was super special for me because i um got to meet we got to meet um peggy orenstein at that conference
2: oh yes oh my gosh yes we did
0: and um i had i i had read her book waiting for daisy which was so wonderful after um such a really important unique voice in terms of struggles with infertility which uh, I've been out with um in terms of how I had struggled with my first um to to conceive my first child and it was on that trip and I was like again two seconds pregnant, but I was able to tell her that I was pregnant and to thank her uh, for her book and I'm like uh, trying not to cry as I tell the story. But so like that's such a special trip in time and so even though I have this four and seven year olds and and you know, like in a lot of ways, a wonderful experience that, that having these conversations has been tremendously healing for me too, as, yes, yes. as yes. a mom. So of course it has. Yeah. I'm so glad that, um, the publishing company wanted it done this way.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's one of those things I was kind of re- referencing earlier is that our, our clients often don't know what a, what a gift the work is. For us, for us, right? Yeah. To hear stories yes, yes. and to be a partner in and to support um, is is healing for the both of us.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is coming up for you? Anything that you want to let us know about or where people can find you, what we should know about you?
1: Oh my goodness. What is coming up for me? I sort of had um, a, a little bit of the pause button on and just sort of kind of coming back to work, transitioning back to work, um, and just kind of picking up where I had left off but not adding a whole lot of new, which feels awesome. Yes. um, To not actually have a lot on the docket. Yes. Um, I am going to be doing some, some body image workshops this coming year.
2: Um,
1: I hope to do, um, I know I'm going to be speaking a couple of times on the topic of, of body image at a couple of conferences, which is fun. Um, and then um, I, hope in, I hope in the second half of 2020 that I might have another live workshop for non-professionals. Um, oh, great. So we've kind of got that kind of got that in the mix but mm-hmm. nothing, nothing on the calendar quite yet. Awesome,
0: so we'll stay tuned uh, with that. Yeah, yeah. Just and checking out your website. I am
1: really easy to find online, I think. Everything is under MarciRD, which is M-A-R-C-I-R-D. Mm-hmm. So it's MarciRD.com, mm-hmm. and most social media um, handles is MarciRD. And um, one of the things that I will say is that I actually try very hard to offer things that are truly um Useful to people and are free. Mm. I kind of shy away from a little bit of some of the the marketing machinery. Mm-hmm. Sort <laughs> of makes me feel a little, a little uncomfortable. And so I, but I do have a newsletter, and when I write my newsletter, I really try to include something substantive mm-hmm. and something meaningful because mm-hmm. I hate fluff emails mm-hmm. and junk emails coming to my inbox more than anybody else i know it (laughs) really enrages me yes um so if you want some kind of freebie little bit of support coming into your inbox you can go to my website and scroll down to the bottom and sign up my my last newsletter i just sent out um actually included a um, little exercise on this idea that we spoke about this idea of being in relationship with your body image Mm -hmm. and had a little, a little exercise there. So I really try to include things. And I have a couple of free resources on my website as well. If you, you can um, easily find, you can go to, um, for individuals as well as for practitioners and Mm -hmm. scroll down. And there are some, some free resources that people can, can check out some meditations and, um, things to read. So mm-hmm. if that's an, of any interest, it is there. And I just want to thank you for your understanding and patience as we've, you know, scheduled and rescheduled and, and finally found the right time to talk. It's been um, a real gift for me. And I know how how busy you are, that busy we both are this time of year, but it really means a lot to me to, to take the time out and to have such a A meaningful heartfelt conversation
0: oh thank you Marcy yeah absolutely it was uh the the rescheduling wasn't even a second thought and and it's also been on my end too I looked all the way back I just happened to look all the way back to November of last year and I was like oh that's right both uh both Jess and I got sick on the day we were supposed to yeah you
1: both were so
0: sick So, yeah, it's life happens, and I just feel so honored. I know how busy you are and how many directions you run in, and so this has been um, a true gift uh, that you've given me and uh, my listeners and soon my readers. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank
1: you, and I hope that um, something we discussed today really – really hit home in a, in a meaningful and healing way for your listeners. And, um, I'm really going to be waiting as patiently as I possibly can for your book. I'm so, I'm so grateful that you're writing it. It's a book that needs to be written.
0: So that's it moms. That's the last bite for today, but in case you're hungry for more, head on over to the mama bites website. That's M O M M A mama bites website and stream more of our podcasts. Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram. And definitely come on by our Facebook group, The Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks.